0: Hey there, future friends! The strike is over, hallelujah! The strike is over, and thus, Future Flicks with Billiam is back. Who's ready to talk about all of the new movies coming out? I know I am. This is episode 299 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Yes everyone, the strike is over. The actors have a deal. Apparently it's a pretty good one, except for the AI protections quite aren't there yet, from what I've heard. I haven't read the deal. But hey, we can start talking about the movies again. That is why you haven't heard from me in quite a few weeks, because I just I, I just couldn't do it. I just wasn't into doing the show unless it was the way it was meant to be, where I talk about all of the films coming out. So if you are new, if you were just finding the show. Welcome. I welcome you on this show. I do one thing. I tell you about all of the movies coming out during the week that I can find out about. I'm not perfect. I may miss a few. But I break them down into two categories. The first is the limited releases. That's any limited release that didn't really catch my eye. Doesn't it mean it's bad. No, not necessarily. It uh the, just the trailer and the premise did nothing to really get my attention. So in this section, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it, and that's it. Maybe I'll give a thought or two, but it's usually a faster-paced section. The bigger section is the wide releases and interesting indies, just what it sounds like every wide release, no matter how good I think it looks, and then all of the limited release films that did catch my eye. So I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it, and then I give you some thoughts most deaf, and then... I give it a score, which I call, lovingly, the Billiams Interest Level Score, AKA the Bill Score, that can go anywhere from a zero for those horrible looking films to an 11 for a film that just makes me, oh, so excited to be a movie fan. I then give you a pick of the week, which I say, hey, my friends, if you see one film this week, this has the best chance, in my opinion, to be worth your time, but please keep in mind, I am just some random nerd with a microphone. Who am I? I am just here telling you about movies. I trust you to make up your own opinion, which is why we should all ignore Rotten Tomatoes at all times. F*** critics make up your own mind like a human being. So my friends, we actually have a short limited series this week, or a short limited section that is. So let's start with one called Fallen Leaves. In modern-day Helsinki, two lonely souls in search of love meet by chance at a karaoke bar. However, their path to happiness is bested by obstacles, from lost phone numbers to mistaken addresses, alcoholism, and a charming stray dog. This is a movie from Finland, and thus would have no one in note in it here in the States, or even in the UK. I have some listeners over there. You know what? If you're not from the United States, or the United Kingdom, the UK as a whole, Let me know. Reach out. Hell, reach out for any reason. Just go, hey, give me a random movie recommendation. And I'll say, uh, my high school science project from the 80s was a pretty dope movie. Check it out. Or, my cousin Vinny, how have you not watched that? I don't know. Reach out. I'm here. SoundCloud is not the easiest way to reach me. I'll be honest. I forget about that all the time. As the last person who commented on the show learned, or, also, if your name is Critter from the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast and the Watch Your Mouth podcast, I will also forget about you. Nothing personal, I love you bunches. Next up, we have a documentary called The Disappearance of Cher Height. Cher Height's best selling book, The Height Report, liberated female orgasm by revealing most private experiences of thousands of anonymous surveys. Her findings rocked American establishment and current conversations about gender and sexuality. So this is a documentary featuring narration by Dakota Johnson, because who else would do it at this point? This is an important documentary because it shows just how stupid men have been for a long time. And I hope by this point in my career as a podcast host, I have uh, chased away the last of the fragile men. Because if you watch the trailer, people hated her for this, and people called her a man hater because she just said, what, men don't do enough in the bedroom? Oh no! Do better, bitch! As in, the men are the bitches in this. Like, she got so much hate and so many death threats for writing a book about the female orgasm. I just wonder how many men in the 70s didn't even know that was a thing. But my friends, like I always say about documentaries, it's really up to how interesting it is to you. Do I think this is an important topic? Yes, I think this is a very important topic. However. You could read a Wikipedia article on it. You can find a biography or some other book written about it. You can read her book, The Height Report. There are other options. Next up, my friends, we have one called Do Not Disturb. Love is all-consuming in this narcotic nightmare crafted by writer-director John Ainsley. Do Not Disturb is a psychedelic exploration of love, lust, and carnal desire. Uh, This stars no one of note and looks like The kind of trailer someone would make if you ask them to make fun of pretentious indie films. So skip this one. So the last two movies in the limited section, one of them is coming out to Netflix next week. No, in two weeks. Counting is hard. Give me a break. Two weeks. So yes, coming out to Netflix in two weeks. And so I will have to talk about that in the wide releases and interesting indies then. So I'm just going to give you the bare bones now. Sorry if that's a little boring, but I would rather do that instead of giving a big talk about it now and then giving a big talk about it again in two weeks. So May, December, guess, just guess what it's about. What do we know, think really hard, what do we know about the months May and December when it comes to modern colloquialisms? Hmm, 20 years after their notorious tabloid romance gripped the nation, A married couple buckles under pressure when an actress arrives to do research for a film about their past. That's right, friends, May-December romances. Though it's not that simple. We'll talk about that next week. Or just watch the trailer and you'll 100% see what I mean. This Stars has a fantastic cast. Natalie Portman from V for Vendetta, Julianne Moore from Magnolia, and Charles Melton from The Sun is Also a Star. Okay, I'll just tell you, She was in her 30s, he was in 7th grade. That's not May-December, that's January-October, okay? That's what that is. Like, let's be honest, in real life, age gaps are fine because it depends on when you meet. In this case, in this case, it is very different. And my friends, the final movie in the limited section is a video-on-demand release called Manodrome. Conflicted about his girlfriend's pregnancy, Ralphie's life spirals out of control when he meets a mysterious family of men. This stars Jesse Eisenberg from The Social Network, Adrian Brody from The Pianist, Odessa Young from Assassination Nation, and Ethan Suppley from My Name is Earl. This could potentially be a very good movie. It really could. In fact, I think it's going to be very well acted. I think it is going to be a good quality film. I think there's going to be a lot of good things to it. I just know myself and I would never ever watch this and I put it in this section because this is my show I I put these in it's the various sections based on my opinions and my feelings about them if you've been around the block with me for a while you'll already know this story so I apologize because you know I repeat stories a lot but for those of you who are new the only time I walked out of a movie because I chose to is the movie Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. Because Jake Gyllenhaal did such a fantastic job with that role that I was so uncomfortable I couldn't handle it. Manodrome gives me the same feeling that Nightcrawler gave me. Just watching the trailer gave me a terrible case of the ick. And not for the usual reasons I get the ick cases of assault or or things like that, the usual reasons why someone would go, ugh, I don't like that. No, it was the full feeling that the trailer gave me of nothing is good and the world is garbage, and I couldn't stand it. So my friends, definitely, if you think it could be up your alley, if you like these raw and real and dark, depressing movies, check this trailer out. It could be for you. It could be the next big movie you talk about. But for me, 100% skip it. Well, my friends, we are done with the first section of the show. Let us take our only break as we hear word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast. And we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. Please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on SomewhatNerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're doing, doing Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here, who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're We're doing fine. fine. My future friends, we are back with the wide releases and interesting indies. So let's start with one called When Time Got Louder. Departing from college, Abby leaves her parents and brother who has autism, just the brother has autism, and is nonverbal. As she explores her independence and sexuality, she is torn between her new life and her love for her brother. This stars Willow Shields from The Hunger Games, Lachlan Monroe from Riverdale, Elizabeth Mitchell from The Santa Claus 2, and Avi Capri from Love, Victor. So I almost put this in the limited section because it just kind of pisses me off. I know this is an important story to tell, but why it pisses me off is a very real story. So we have this girl. She wants to go to college. She wants to go and live her life like we all do. But her brother is on the spectrum. He's nonverbal. He can't communicate. He quite often freaks out or has episodes, I think is a better way of saying that. And she is the only one that really can communicate with him. His parents try. He has good parents from what the trailer shows. They they try, but she is the only one that gets it. And that's not fair to her. But it's also not fair to her brother that he's losing the only person who can talk to him. But does she have to forfeit her future to watch over him? And that is not an easy question. So this movie is really well acted. I'm not familiar with Willow Shields a lot. The Hunger Games movies are mid at best. And she didn't do a bad job in it. She It's just boring. So I'm looking forward to seeing her in something where she could do some work. Elizabeth Mitchell, great. Miss, her as Mrs. Claus, fantastic, right? Especially her as that cold teacher Thus open up and learn the meaning of Christmas again or relearn it. And then her in the Santa Clauses, the first season, I haven't seen the second, is it even out yet? But anyway, the first season of the Santa Claus is where she's dealing with her own thing. Like, what is she? What does Mrs. Claus do besides just support Mr. Claus? But what we have here is a very powerful movie. Yes, it it takes the low road in the sense that you can't make a movie about this and not have it be sad and like an easy way to get emotion. But also it is an important story to tell that she has a right to live her life. So yeah, it's kind of an easy topic if you want to get the audience to have some feels, but it looks like it could still be good. Will I ever see this? No, probably not. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't. In my opinion, When Time Got Louder gets a 5 out of 11. Next up, we have a movie called Saltburn. A student at Oxford University finds himself drawn into the world of a charming and aristocratic classmate. Who invites him to his eccentric family's sprawling estate for a summer never to be forgotten? This stars Barry Kiohan from The Banshees of Inishern, Jacob Elordi from The Kissing Booth, Rosamond Pike from Gone Girl, Richard E. Grant from Gosford Park, Alison Oliver from some show called Conversations with Friends, and Archie Medekwe from Midsummer. That cast is fantastic. Barry Kiohan is going to win an Oscar. That's not a question, that's a statement. I will put money down right now that he will win an Oscar in his lifetime. He is fantastic. It has to happen. Rosamund Pike is someone else who can give an Oscar-worthy performance. So this movie almost didn't make it just like When Time Got Louder did, because it gives me Manodrome vibes, but not so dark and inescapably just wrong. That it gave me the heebie-jeebies. No heebie-jeebies here, just a little bit. And it kind of gives me the vibes if you combined that talented Mr. Ripley and Eyes Wide Shut. And I know that sounds f***ing weird. And it's not quite right. It's not a great comparison, but that's just the vibes it gives me. Because this place that he goes to, that Barry Keown's character goes to when he follows this, uh, this eccentric rich guy to his house, this place just gives me... The kind of vibes that you wouldn't be surprised if you found out they ate people. Th- that kind of vibe. Like, they are so super rich and out of touch that they could literally commit crime on a daily basis in their house and not understand what what the problem is. So this seems like a very cerebral movie in the sense that we have Barry Keoghan, who doesn't like his own family in this, and ha- had a bad home life. And it's just he says multiple times in the trailer. He's never going back. And when these two cross paths, the super rich guy, his bike is broken. He needs to get somewhere. I think he has a test or something. And Barry Keohan, who is not in such a hurry, goes here, take my bike and I'll take yours. We'll, We'll work this out. And they become friends because of that. And when they get to his house, the guy's sister says some comment like, oh, are you the one he's bringing home this summer? Like, Like there's always someone. So the question is, what did she mean? What happened to the others? And what the f*** is wrong with his family? This looks interesting, but it could also be very, very dark. And if that is your thing, then you could check this out. Saltburn gets a six out of 11. All right, next up, we have a documentary. The last documentary of the week. It's called Maxine's Baby, The Tyler Perry Story. An intimate portrait of Tyler Perry and his harrowing, but faithful road to the top of an industry that didn't always include him. So yes, this is a documentary about Tyler Perry. And just from the looks of it, he had a terrible life growing up. Like he had a really hard life. So of course, a documentary had to be made so we can show people, look, you may have a terrible home situation. You may have all these terrible things happen to you, but you can still do it. You can still make it. Probably not to the same level as Tyler Perry, but you can at least, you know, get a good job and escape. If you are a big fan of Tyler Perry, this is a no-brainer. If you are not, maybe it could interest you just based on his story, because it is an amazing thing he's done. He's created a movie Empire based on a character. I've liked a few of his movies, but I was never the target audience. Let's be honest, I was never Tyler Perry's target audience but i have liked a few of them the medea halloween movies are hilarious irreverent and stupid but hilarious and some of his the romance movies are like trashy fun like i can see the appeal but hey maybe you're a fan of boondocks and when that boondocks episode came out that basically made commentary on tyler perry maybe you agreed with it and this is not your thing i don't know What I can say is that as a movie, as a documentary, this does look good. It looks like it's well done. This is by Prime, I forgot to say. So the last two movies were limited. This is on Amazon Prime this week. But the quality, production quality looks good. It looks interesting. It looks like it's well well put together just because when I was watching the trailer, even though I'm not a big Tyler Perry fan, I kind of wanted to watch it. And that's impressive, especially with documentaries. If you can make me go, hey, I want to watch this hour and a half, two hour movie about something I don't particularly care about, you did a good job. But I think this movie is interesting because of his background and what he had to overcome. But will I actually see this is the question? And that is no. But will you? Let me know. Maxine's baby, the Tyler Perry story gets a six out of 11. Next up, my friends, it's the first nationwide release of the week, the first of three movies that are getting wide releases, and this is called Trolls Band Together. Poppy discovers that Branch was once part of a boy band, Brozone, with his brothers Floyd, John Dory, Spruce, and Clay. When Floyd is kidnapped, Branch and Poppy embark on a journey to reunite his two other brothers and rescue Floyd. Sure, why not? This features the voices of Anna Kendrick, Justin Timberlake, Zoe Deschanel, Deanna Thompson, David Diggs, Kunal Nayar, Zoja Mamet, Eric Andre, Kid Cootie, Camila Cabello, and RuPaul. No, I'm never going to see this. I I have no interest in the Trolls movies. Like, at all. From the very first Trolls movie, they have never had any soul. It is quite obviously... Okay, I always think it's stupid when people say they just made this movie to make money. Every f-ing movie is made to make money, maybe not by the writer or the director or the actors who believe in it, but by the corporate people behind it. That's the job is to make money. And these movies would not have gotten greenlit if they didn't think it could make the money. So while, yes, every movie is made to make money, the trolls movies, I think. I don't believe anyone in the creation of this made this because they thought, we're making a good quality movie here, guys. Do you remember those stupid dolls from the eighties and nineties with jewels in their bellies? let's make a movie a musical movie that has nothing to do with it at all. I don't know. maybe they have jewels in their in their bellies in the in the movie i I don't give a shit quite often. I tell you guys to not listen to critics to make up your own minds and I did. I made up my own mind on this movie, but also what I tell you is if you do want others' opinions, find some people you trust. I would be honored if that was me, but I get it if it's not. Find some some find some find creators that you trust. Someone on YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Find someone somewhere who it's their passion to critique movies and listen to them then. So I made up my own mind, and I think trolls looked f-ing awful. I think the other ones looked awful, and I didn't see them. But the creators that I trust, Who saw the movie and tried to give it a shot, or had to watch it because their kids wanted to watch it, all said it's garbage. One creator that I follow, because I respect his opinion, even we when we don't agree, and we agree about fifty percent of the time. Like he said some things that I just I one hundred percent don't agree with, but I respect him. He talked about having to watch Trolls over and over and over again with his kid because guess what? He's a good parent, and that's what good parents do. My parents had to watch Goonies. Ghostbusters, and uh, Ninja Turtles all the fucking time. Uh, Land Before Time as well. Um, I watched, well, other stuff. But he had watched Trolls so many times that he talked about it. And he did say there were times where he was like, almost going crazy, where he's like, is this a masterpiece? And he's like, oh no, it's actually fucking terrible. And he talks about why it's bad. But then also the fact is that it doesn't matter that it's bad because his kid likes it. And he said there was one scene that makes him laugh, but it's not enough to do anything basically to make the movie anything other than garbage in his eyes as a film, but it will continually be on in his house because his kid likes it. So my friends, do you have children? And if you do, do they like the Trolls movie? Then just take him to see it. You know it's bad, but you're going to do it because you're a good parent. If you don't have a kid or your kid isn't interested, f***ing run away. Trolls Band Together gets a four out of eleven. Next up, we have a Netflix movie called Rustin. Activist Bayard Rustin faces racism and homophobia as he helps change the course of the civil rights history by orchestrating the 1963 March on Washington. This stars Coleman Domingo from Fear the Walking Dead, Chris Rock from Head of State, CCH Pounder from The Shield, but OGs know that she's from Warehouse 13, and Glenn Truman from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom movies like this are important and we all know why it's important that we never forget these events we never forget the civil rights movement we never forgot how hard it was for them to get the equality we have today and even today the world is not perfect there is still rampant racism and inequality but back then it was state sanctioned inequality I mean yeah you can make an argument that it still is blah 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 but I'm not we're, we're not getting into that we're talking about this as a movie And its importance as a movie, because these stories have to be told. I have no idea who the f*** this was, but I as sure as hell knew about the 1963 March on Washington. And movies like this are important so we don't forget who these people were. Like before Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I had never heard of Ma Rainey. But my friends, remember that when I talk about movies on this show, we can't ignore the fact that we have to look at them as movies. So we could have a film that's about something super important, something that we all, as a world, agree on is important, but if it doesn't look good as a movie, I have to be honest. And I have to be honest that this does look good. It looks like movies we've seen before in the same vein, as in we have someone fighting for something necessary, like equal rights, like the civil rights movement, and everything he has to overcome. Not just that. But homophobia. So not only is he a black civil rights activist in the 1960s, he's gay. So yes, Rustin looks good. You're gonna see you're gonna see a movie that feels familiar but it's gonna be telling a different story. and that's not necessarily a bad thing, especially because it's on the most popular streaming service that most people have access to in one way or another. Yes, password sharing is harder these days, but you probably have a way to watch it. So yes, this film is familiar, but that's not a bad thing. Rustin gets an 8 out of 11. Next up, friends, is the one, two, three, four. 4. We have four movies left. So the third to last, that's not the pick of the week. And this is called Dashing Through the Snow. This is a Disney Plus original. That's right. The Christmas movies are coming out. A divorced social worker takes his daughter on a ride along with him on Christmas Eve. This stars Lil Rel Howery from Get Out. Ludacris from Fast and Furious, Marilyn Rajskub from 24, Tiana Paris from Wandavision, Zule Hineo from If Loving You Is Wrong, Oscar Nunez from The Office, but let's be honest, he's Ramon from The Proposal, and Kevin Connolly from Entourage. One of the worst characters in that show, and they're all pretty bad. So Ludacris, Chris Bridges, with his daughter, and Santa comes down, and they meet Santa, played by Lil Rel Howrie who I hope is going to be one of my favorite Santas moving forward. But they go on a ride with him through Christmas because people are after him because they I forgot if they want the naughty or nice list or if they just want to stop Christmas. I I forgot the reason the trailer gave. But just like with Rustin, but a very different similarity, if you get my drift. This is a movie you've seen before. You know how these kind of movies work. We have people working with Santa to to accomplish a goal. There's a lot of wonderful festivities, and Santa needs the help. This mythical f***ing being needs the help of regular people. Though the question is, does he really need the help? Kind of like with the Christmas Chronicles, where no, he doesn't because he's f***ing Santa Claus, and it was just because he knew these kids needed help. Or is it more like Elf with Ed Asner? where he needed the help of Will Ferrell and the others, uh, Will Ferrell to work on the sleigh and the others to sing the song. Either way, Santa needs help, humans help him, yay saved Christmas. But you don't, you shouldn't care about things like that when we're talking about Christmas movies. You should care about getting in the spirit and I think this movie is right up there. Since this is a newer movie, I suggest you wait for December to watch this and watch it early December because we don't know how good it is. You don't want to waste precious time close to Christmas with a movie you don't know if it's going to be good or not. But this looks basic. You've seen it before, even if you've never seen it, just like with Rustin. But again, different ones about civil rights. The other's about Santa. But this is the season where a familiar movie is not bad. Dashing Through the Snow on Disney Plus gets a 6.5 out of 11. Next up, my friends, we have one called Thanksgiving. Yay, a Thanksgiving movie. It's a horror But it's about Thanksgiving. It's going to be a better one than planes, trains, and automobiles, because that's depressing as f***. Is it good? Yes, but it's depressing as f***. After a Black Friday riot ends in tragedy, a mysterious Thanksgiving-inspired killer terrorizes Plymouth, Massachusetts, the birthplace of the infamous holiday. This stars Rick Hoffman from Suits, Gina Gershon from Face Off, Patrick Dempsey from Enchanted, Milo Manheim from Zombies, an exclamation point, zombies, and a TikToker Addison Ray from He's All That. Yeah, okay, I'll see it. You got me. A horror movie, a slasher horror movie about Thanksgiving. Yes, I'm down. In this piece of cinematic art, I was trying to be pompous, I'm sorry, we have it take place a year after there's a Black Friday riot at some sort of Walmart type place and people die. I'm not sure how many people, at least one, probably more, but they get they die because they get trampled to death. And now that I think of it, I don't hear stuff like that anymore. Mainly because we have a lot of online deals, so that could stop it. Cause I went I used to go to Black Friday and I went three years in a row and it was fing horrible each time. I almost got crushed one time, and yes, I was throwing elbows because f you if you can't wait your turn. But never gone again ever since online places started doing it. But anyway. Someone dies. The next year, a killer shows up in a Thanksgiving-ish mask. He doesn't look like a turkey. He looks like a pilgrim. But he starts killing people involved in it. So it's one of those horror movies where we have this group of friends who are being targeted. And they know they're being targeted. Maybe I know what you did last summer kind of thing. But they want to survive. And they have to figure out who the killer is and kill that killer first. This movie has all the trimmings get it, trimmings, for a slasher film and everything we like in the genre. But I hate to break it to you, it's probably not gonna be great. This is probably gonna be very okay. But what this is, is something for you to watch next year. Because it's probably gonna be streaming somewhere next year, I'm guessing, let me, let me just throw it out there, uh, maybe Peacock, maybe Hulu. But it's gonna be streaming somewhere, watch it then. Don't watch it now. Don't go to the theater to see this unless you are a big fan of slashers, in which case, don't let me yuck your yum. Go see it. But I don't think you're going to miss out on anything, especially if you get a spoiler, because this isn't the type of movie that a spoiler should ruin it for you, because it's about the kills. This does have some good actors in it. No one huge. I'm sorry, Patrick Dempsey and Gina Gershon, but no one huge. Addison Rae is probably the most famous person, and I don't even hear her name thrown around that much anymore, but it has semi-recognizable people in it. Good actors, though. I really like Rick Hoffman, but just like the last two movies, this is a very familiar film, and while that should not affect your enjoyment of it because it's not that kind of film, it's also the kind of film where you already know how interested you are in this, so if you're interested, by all means, check it out. I will just next year. Thanksgiving gets a six out of 11. Next up, my friends, is the last movie that's not the pick of the week, but it's a good second place, and it's called Please Don't Destroy, The Treasure of Foggy Mountain. This movie's coming straight to Peacock. It follows three friends who live together. When they realize that they don't like their life trajectory, they set off to find a gold treasure that is rumored to be buried in the nearby mountain. This stars Ben Marshall John Higgins, and Martin Harrelly, I think, from Please Don't Destroy, the uh, SNL comedy group. Conan O'Brien from Conan. Bowen Yang from SNL. X Mayo from The Blackening. And Sunita Mani from Glow. You know those shorts you sometimes see in Saturday Night Live that has these three people in it who are never in the main cast and rarely, if ever, in skits? That's Please Don't Destroy. I think the last one they did was the Bad Bunny one where he wanted to do a a Shrek movie. Anyway, I think they're hilarious. This movie looks funny. So we have these three guys who are basically big screw-ups who have never done anything with their lives. And they're tired of this and instead of going to college or getting a different job or something like that, they're like, hey, I know. Let's find this local treasure, which thank God they said that because it makes the movie more interesting. So they go on this quest, and some of the people they meet on the way want to stop them. And thus hilarity ensues. So this is an adventure comedy, which I really like, because I think that these don't get enough love. I think we have a lot of action comedies. I think we have a lot of dark comedies, a lot of horror comedies even. But just this sense of adventure and the focus on comedy is something that really does speak to me. Also, I like the Please Don't Destroy group. I think they're really funny, and that's really what sold me on this. If you don't like them, easy peasy, skip this. But for me, I definitely want to watch this, and that's why it gets an 8.5 out of 11. Future friends, I just took a break to eat, and I actually, on TikTok, saw a review from a creator named James, AKA movie good or movie bad, which by the way, James, you'll probably never hear this, but that's a fantastic name. I wish I came up with it. But this guy, James, has a video on his TikTok where he talks about how he was really surprised saying that he just expected a regular slasher, but he got gory and impressive and unique kills. He calls it the most definitive slasher that he's seen in the 2020s why am i talking about someone who some random person on tiktok because like i said about critics i trust people like james more than i do like big paid critics okay i'm gonna stop everything i just paused and went down his uh tiktok rabbit hole god that kind of sounds bad doesn't it but he I, i haven't even finished the video i'm gonna finish this episode and then watch it but he watched a digimon movie that's a sequel to digimon season two with with davis and ken that is my favorite season i have a crest of kindness tattoo because ken is my favorite character i have to see this movie but let's get back on uh, the topic yeah i'm i'm going to up my rating of thanksgiving uh now i'm a little more excited let's give it an eight out of eleven But let's finish this episode, my friends, with the pick of the week. No matter how good and how many people talked about Thanksgiving, the pick of the week was always going to be Next Goal Wins. This is the final nationwide release. The story of the infamously terrible American Samoa soccer team known for a brutal 2001 FIFA match, they lost 31-0. This stars Michael Fassbender from X-Men First Class, David Fane from Our Flag Means Death. Rachel House from Hunt for the Wilder People, which is a goddamn classic. You need to watch it. I'm very sorry for mispronouncing these names. Uh, Google was no help. Biula Koale from Hawaii 5 Because I guess after Hawaii 5 didn't pay the Asians well enough and they quit, they just found more Asians. Will Arnett from Arrested Development. Elizabeth Moss from The Handmaid's Tale. Uli Latukafu from Young Rock. And co-starring and directed by uh, someone named Taika Waititi, whoever that is. I'm not going to do it. We all know who that is. Taika Waititi, director, co-star of the original What We Do in the Shadows, with the TV show is based of, uh, based of, based on, director of Hunt for the Wilder People, director of one of the best Marvel movies for Ragnarok. I am writing a blog post about a book I read called Carrie Soto is Back. It's written by Taylor Jenkins Reed and... It's about this tennis player in the blog. I say that I generally don't give two about sports. Like I'll watch it if it's on when I'm visiting my grandfather in law in Wales and Manchester United is playing and he wants to watch a game. Sure, I'll watch a game and I'll get invested. I will want them to win. If you're not a mank, you're a wank. We know this. We know this, but any other time I could care less like my team here. The San Francisco 49ers. My grandpa was a Niners fan. My dad's a Niners fan. My family, through and through, Niners fans. Except grandma, Seattle Seahawks, but she's from Seattle, so I love the Seahawks still. But anyway, we could have the Niners playing in the playoffs. I always watch a Super Bowl, so that doesn't count. But I probably won't watch it. But I love sports movies so much, and this is a sports movie. Not only that, but this feels like something in the vein of Little Giants, of The Sandlot, of these films that we watched when we were kids, where we have this group of ruffians, basically, who have to be taught how to play the game better, how to use teamwork and strategy and everything. And then guess what? They're not terrible. Uh, The Replacements is another one of those. But I love these films. It is based on a true story. And it's about, I assume, Because I haven't seen the movie yet, but a likable group of people who you just want to win. And it's true with movies like this. You can look up what happens and spoil it for yourself. And even if you already know what happens, does it really matter with a movie like this? Because even though we know the events, we also know that they overcame something. And that's what's important in a film like this. Like I bring up again, The Replacements. So spoiler for a movie from 2000, a 23-year-old film and that hurts my heart. Uh, replacements starring Keanu Reeves, Gene Hackman, uh, John Favreau, uh, Reese Evans, Orlando Jones. Anyway, we know that they don't get to keep playing. We know that it's going on during a strike or something. Jesus, are they scabs? They're scabs. I, I don't know if that changes how I feel about this. I'm going to have to rethink everything I know about it. But anyway, this is a team of people who never got to be in the NFL. They're suddenly called to be in the NFL to be dirty, filthy scabs. But still, they're finally called up to play and they get their moment. They don't get to keep their moment because the players return and they get their spots back. But still. So even if you went into that movie knowing that they're not going to get to keep being a team and playing together, they have their moment. And I think that's what's great about these movies. The next goal wins looks fun it looks charming, it looks like a thoroughly enjoyable film that's going to teach you a little history, and you're going to get to watch a movie about the American Samoa soccer team with Samoan and Pacific Islanders in it. I guess Scarlett Johansson wasn't available, but anyway, Taika Waititi makes great movies. I put him on the same breath, or in the same breath, as I would like Jordan Peele, Nia DaCosta, modern directors who do good work. This movie is worth your time. If you see one movie in theaters this week, it should be Next Goal Wins. If you want to stay home, please don't destroy The Treasure of Foggy Mountain, Rustin, or if you want Christmas early, Dashing Through the Snow. Those could be your picks. But if you want to go to the theater, make it Next Goal Wins. Because James, I don't think you're ever going to hear this, but I trust your review of Thanksgiving. But my money is on Next Goal Wins. So it gets an 8.5 out of 11. Well, my future friends, it's good to be back. And I'll tell you what, it was really hard to record this episode because I got used to just doing whatever the hell I wanted and not working for free because I because I don't get paid. But I'm back. I am here for you. I'm going to try to do a TikTok. I know I say that all the time, but I just got to find my balls wherever they're hidden and do it. So, next week is episode 300. Oh, it's actually Thanksgiving week and I work hard Thanksgiving week. Um, the next episode, whether it's next week or the week after, I'm, I apologize, will be episode 300. I'm not going to do anything special for it because we just had an anniversary episode earlier this year and it feels a little soon. But thank you so much. Thank you so much for two hundred and ninety nine episodes. Whether you've been with me from the beginning or you're a new listener, thank you. My future friends, please remember, That no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.